Hey, welcome back to uh, Project Process, where we talk about uh, the process of developing your career in the design field. Um, today, I have Rashawn with me. Uh, he is a second year, second year, second year uh, drawing and painting student here at OCAD, and I thought it'd be interesting to bring someone that was not from design uh, to to just shoot the shit with. So. Uh, for those who don't know you, Rashawn, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, what made you come to OCAD? Okay, uh, that's a good question, actually. Um, first of all, my name is Rashawn, and uh, I'm in drawing and painting second year, and I chose to come to OCAD because it was, at the time, when I was looking for uh, a place, a, a school to study art. This was, this appeared to be the best opportunity for me. Um, uh, I did look at other schools, but they weren't very much art oriented. They were so much uh, um, oriented on technology, let's say animation or computer science. But OCAD was the only school that was available that uh, sort of had this. Uh, focus on art and art itself hmm. yeah which was pretty rare um and how i got in it's kind of a funny story um i just randomly applied one summer and i just because i used to come here i used to look at it at the time i wasn't in, in my best condition mentally right. or, or physically mm -hmm. um so i used to come downtown and i would walk across mccall street back and forth uh, thinking, how do I apply to this school? Or do I just walk in? I talked to the security. Like, ew, it was it was a bad uh, sort of time period. And then uh, one day I stopped at Pizza Pizza, and then as I was having pizza, I was like, this is so stupid, I'm not doing this properly. I need to really sit down and think about it. And then I went home, uh, I took my laptop, and I looked it up, and I applied online. I was like, this is the proper way to do it. I don't know what I was doing <laughs> Yeah, and so I did that and then um, so I applied and uh, in the summer I got a letter back that um, I got in and I was like okay cool and, and then in the summer I just continued working as I, as I was before that and uh, I sort of forgot about OCAD and uh, I think in September, yeah, in early September, that's when I realized, okay, I should probably book my courses now uh -huh. and start registering. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and I've been like, I don't know why, but I've been putting it off. And I tried to go back in and um, register, and I couldn't because uh, my transcript from high school didn't go through. Um, problem was, I was at a different university and it did go through for them but then when I requested a transcript it's the university's transcript that came in not the high school one right. and OCAD needed one and I couldn't get it in on time and so it, classes already started it was very last minute and, I, and so I was in a bit of a panic mode like what do I do and I messaged uh, the registration and they were like um, uh, okay we have another option you can do a placement test um, if you pass it you're in for the school year if not you know you're gonna have to reconsider next year and um, and so I did the test very last minute and I managed to pass um, and then uh, it was just like very last minute uh, like 
a day after classes started, I booked my courses, right. and I actually got into a lot of the courses, which was a miracle. It wasn't a good schedule though. I had a morning class and a night class. Right. And, and you commuted, so. Yeah, and then yeah. Also, my commute is like an hour and forty-five to two hours. Mm-hmm. That's the range. And, uh, and that's yeah. if TTC is working. Yes. <laughs> if it's like today, then oh god, yeah, it's horrible. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming you went through first year, went through the motions of going, taking the foundation courses like we all did, that kind of thing. And uh, in second year, this basically this year, you found out about the grind, which is uh, previously we Cal talked about. This is the student entrepreneurship uh, community here at OCAD. Uh, I believe Kyle actually brought you into it. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle was the first person to introduce me to the grind. At the time, when he when he he actually told me about this in first year. Mm -hmm. But uh, in first year, I had this um, idea in my head. It's like, oh, I'm in school. I don't have time for other things. I need to only focus on my classes, which was a horrible idea. I don't suggest it to anyone (laughs) because you it's it's much more beneficial if you try different groups or uh, committees or extracurricular activities, something other than your classes, because I feel like every student needs that. Because if you just do your courses, if you just do your assignments, then you're going to lose perspective. Your your only perspective is going to be based on your assignments and your courses. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's really bad for our students. I totally agree. Yeah, and so um, Kyle introduced me to it again in second year. This time uh, he gave me a bigger explanation on overall what happens. It's like, oh, there's a speaker series, and these are people that actually um, have or are in businesses. They have different skill sets. They talk about different things. Each session is different. And so I was like, okay, since I do have my own business, this would be beneficial for me to learn because I'm not in like a business program. It's just art at the moment. And that's why I, um, after he introduced, I, I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I came in. And after the first session, I was all in. Mm-hmm. And, and why were you all in? I mean, it's uh, to, to some people listening, it might be confusing why an art student um, would want to know more about, like, they wouldn't, why would they want to sit on a business type of talk? Okay. Um, two things. One, um, for art students, a lot of them, um, including myself in my previous years, only considered and thought seriously about my art, my artwork. What am I going to paint? How is this going to reflect uh, on the people, my audiences? What are my styles? What are my techniques? Am I good? Am I bad? Uh-huh. But one thing that I kept ignoring uh, was the business side of things. Even after you make, or even after you find your best styles or your your best way to produce art, you still have to sell it, right? You still have to make a living out of it or a career out of it. Mm-hmm. That that would that's like everyone's ultimate goal. But then like the amount of research and studies we put into our paintings or, or our drawings or sculptures or or even materials, we don't do that into our businesses mm-hmm. right that is i feel like that is something fundamental that every artist needs to learn mm-hmm. because 
yes, you want to do art, but you also want to survive with it. You want to succeed. You want to sustain a good career with it. Mm-hmm. And so for that, it's like, okay, how would I run a business with art? Of course, there's no rule book. There's no uh, guideline that's like pre-written because art is like, it's a very, um, how do I say it? It's, it's very vague. It's like, yeah. there's, there are multiple ways to do this. Mm-hmm. Right? But I think there are some like business fundamentals that we could apply to our to our practice. Yes. And that's where the grind came in because there are little little things like user testing and things like that. Um, one time I made a board game. Right. It was uh, for a project and um, because I learned about user testing um, in one of the grind sessions, I uh, after I made the game I went around and I got a lot of people to play it. Um, and that was beneficial because I got to learn more about the game from the perspective of the people that would actually play it rather than just me thinking about oh this is how they will play it or this mm-hmm. is how they will play it. That's just a board game. Um, for, uh, for paintings, like packaging, shipping, things like that, um, there, it's not an overall lesson that you can a lesson on how to succeed in an art business right but it's little things from yeah like little transferable skills yeah that we can put in yeah yeah and i think similarly in um the the mirror side on the design side the mirror of art uh would be would be illustration yeah right on the mirrors and i think those those fundamentals are missing there as well i think we focus a lot on our on our concepts and a lot on our technique mm-hmm. but uh, not until fourth year do we give any attention to how to sell the work at all um, how to build these business fundamentals oh yeah right and um, and I think to a certain degree it's thought that uh, we shouldn't be focusing on that until we're at like that level of like uh, like a thesis levy ready level and before we start selling yeah um, but I don't think it hurts to learn early either I mean you yourself you've already started uh, doing commissions and things like that in Norway I think it'd be beneficial if you knew even though you're still in school yeah hundred percent because that's I feel like that's 50 percent of the, the the part it's 50 percent of the work mm-hmm. like the business aspect um, and so I always felt the need that whenever I was learning uh, techniques or finishing paintings in first year, um, there was always a dead end. It's like, okay, we did the painting, we learned this, but we never learned anything about how this would work in a gallery. Mm-hmm. We're doing critiques, but we never learned, okay, why is this necessary in a gallery setting? Or how would uh, this How would reflect? this get into a gallery? Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. How would this reflect with the... Uh, with people if you're doing private commissions, mm-hmm. right? We never got into that. And uh, only in later in, I think, second year, in one of the sessions actually at the Imagination Catalyst, I asked um, an artist, she's a sculptor, I forgot her name. Catherine Ellis. Yeah, Catherine Ellis, yes. I, I talked to her about it and uh, she was saying how you only get to learn about um, how to you know, write your own portfolio and. Uh, apply for shows and learn about galleries and how to your professional practice in third and fourth year right yeah and uh, i was disappointed because i felt like it was necessary in the first few years as well
do you think uh, students in your program, do you think they're usually driven to learn more about this at all, or do you think that it's very rare that you come across someone who's wondering about these things? It's very rare that I come across people that And why do you think that is? Um, I think it's just the way art is taught. Yeah, because um, it isn't, it's still a, it's not a fully grasped subject yet, uh, in terms of education, right? It's always um, taught in, okay, what is the history of art? What's, um, what are the movements? What are the styles? And, uh, okay, now, um, how should you explore your own style? What materials you should use? Things like that, yes, they're being taught. Uh, yes, they are helpful, but... Beyond that, it's like, how would you, how would all this work in professional settings? Um, for, for things like that, there are no lessons. There are no lessons about galleries. There are no lessons about invoices, mm -hmm. you know? It's always, um, it's always okay, we're, we're focusing on art right now. We're focusing on art at the moment. Yeah. And because of that, students... Just, they just follow the curriculum. They're like, okay, we're focusing on art. Let me just focus on it. Let me just work on my style. Mm -hmm. you know? um, that's why that interest lacks. But I did run into other students who had um, a lot of support from their previous um, art teachers, like from high school, or parents, which is rare. Right. But when they do, they do learn... Um, about art in, in a much more holistic way. It's like, oh, how do I apply it to galleries? I know one of the students that's a member in one of the galleries in her area. No, not one, in three of the galleries in her area. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so things like that, it, it's like, it's not part of what's being taught, and so it's very easy to ignore. In, on the subject of uh getting your artwork out there, do you think that, what do you think about doing commissions versus doing your own artwork? Is there this kind of like selling out idea amongst the, the community? Ah, uh, okay, I see. Um, with my commissions though, I feel like um, a person, an individual that has interest in art is coming to me with an idea that they themselves can't bring to a canvas or, right. or a panel or a wall. They can't do it themselves, right? And so what they want from me is to do my best to bring that idea um, on wh wherever they want, or on a wall or a canvas or somewhere. Um, for me, just being, being that person that's able to create something they envisioned in their head uh, there's a lot of value to that, right? And I feel like that part is being ignored when you always think of art in the, in the sense of this is my art, I want to only sell my art or, or, the, or my style or what, make, what I can do. Because even when, you, even when you do what other people want you to do or, or, or like whoever's commissioning you, even when you're doing their, what they asked you to do, you are still inputting your styles. You still have that flexibility. Not all the time, mm -hmm. I will agree to that. Not all the time, yeah. but you still have that flexibility. And I feel like it's necessary to learn to work in that angle 
for you to grow your business. Because if you just keep saying, okay, I'm only gonna sell my artwork or what I make, and that's what people are gonna have to live with, then you're stopping yourself from an avenue that you can grow in exponentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a perspective that's, that's missing amongst um, a lot of our peers, in, in my opinion. I, I don't think it's terribly wrong. I mean, uh, there are generations before us, like maybe mm-hmm. they haven't thought about it, but I think that there is, <clears throat> I think there is something missing in not uh, thinking of your own practice as a business mm-hmm. and um, just seeing it as uh, I want to do things my way and do the things that I want to do, talk about the things that I want to talk about with my artwork, etc., mm-hmm. uh, etc. Et um, I know why though. It's yeah. because it's because um, a lot me. of the artists <laughs> enlighten me. <laughs> a lot of the artists that do come into the school, um, first of all, choosing art as a career is a difficult step. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for uh, a lot of students, whatever they did was usually, or whatever style or technique they had, was usually rejected. Right, multiple times it was like, okay, what can you do with this? How are you gonna succeed in this? And so there's this sort of, um, uh, say not backlash, but like this is sort of choice. Like when you finally do choose art, it's like, okay, I'm ignoring everyone else now. Mm-hmm. It's about myself. This is what I want, and so this is what I'm gonna make. Mm-hmm. Right, and so the idea becomes a little, a little self-centered. You know, it's like, okay, they didn't want this, but I know the rest of the world will, will. I've seen it, that's why I'm choosing this. So I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try it my own way. This is how I'm gonna do it. Um, yes, it's a good thing in the beginning. Yeah. Because you've chosen to do art, finally, yeah. right? But if you keep that mindset, you lose flexibility. Mm-hmm. Because, um, not everyone that you're gonna meet or not every customer or client would want the same thing, right? And so, because of that, you because you're losing that flexibility, you're also losing a lot of opportunity. But do you have like boundaries where you won't cross? Like do you have like say, someone commissioned an artwork from you that's, uh, they may not be, uh, different style, but they want to talk about. They want your your piece to have a subject matter that you, maybe you're not so comfortable with. Would you would you still take it? Or I mean, this is a very personal question. This is something that we I, I just talked about in um, uh, in a class on Thursday uh, where we were kind of uh, kind of questioning where there is a is is it really black and white on on what subject matters that you that you could take or not take as, as work, or is it kind of like a spectrum? Um, t- for me, I said that, I mean, if you need to put food on the table, you need to put food on the table, right? Like, I'm not going to turn down a piece of work that I think is maybe morally disgusting simply because, like, of my pride, and I, you know, like, mm-hmm. I can't pay rent n- next month because of it, mm-hmm. you know? So. It really is subjective. Yeah. Um, it depends on your position. Um, it's hard to tackle, but I personally myself would uh, I would avoid things that don't align with uh, um, my morals, mm-hmm. right? Because um, 
art isn't just something that I'm making for someone else. Mm. It, it's a part of me, right? right? And every time I make an artwork, it's a reflection of myself. And it's a reflection of myself that I want other people to see, right? When they come to me looking at my artwork and, and they want me to do something, I want whatever they see from my previous work, I want it to be good. Mm. I want it to be... I want it to be a portion of myself. Yeah. Right. I, I, it can't be something. It can't be something that I don't agree with because then, from then on, the artwork that I do, it isn't really true to myself. Mm. Right. And uh, I'm so I'm sort of giving the people this false idea that this is what I want to do. This is okay. Yeah. This is okay. With you. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, and so I wouldn't want that with any of my clients mm -hmm. uh, or any of my audiences. No. Um, but having said that, if you are in a desperate situation, then yes, I think you should take it. Because at the end of the day, it does become about survival. It's not an e it's not easy being an artist. Yes, absolutely not. Right? And uh, when you have a, a small opportunity, or even if it's big, um, if it goes against your morals, but you have to survive, then survive, right? Because you can always, people change their minds. They change their minds all the time. You can always come back and be like, um, this is my new work, this is what I'm working on now. Um, what I did previously, um, it wouldn't, you don't even have to talk about it actually. Yeah, yeah. You, can just you, can just, you can just change your, yeah. your styles and yeah. people will adapt and they will respect that. So in the spirit of providing some, some real value like the grind, uh, I'd like to know, or I'd like our viewers to know how you got those clients from Norway. I mean, we're in Toronto here. <laughs> how did clients from Norway get a hold of you? Okay. Um, like, what, like as if there was someone who's in first year who, who wanted to follow in your footsteps. What, like, how did you come across the clients? How did you negotiate with them? All these kinds of things. Okay. Um, one of my biggest, uh, how do I say this? Not, I guess you can say wealth or advantages. Sorry. One of my biggest advantages is that I have family all around the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have family in lots in Canada, in the States, uh, in Norway, Switzerland, Germany, England, and then a few in Sri Lanka, uh, some, I think in Australia, they might be family friends. But yeah, basically, I have a lot of family. Yeah. And so... Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> not quite, but yeah, and so... Um, when I was when I sat down and I was really thinking about okay how can I how can I really improve my 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 range mm -hmm. or because the reach yeah my reach yes because previously I was only thinking in terms of Toronto mm -hmm. right um, uh, and then I noticed that uh, one of my uncles in Norway uh, he was really interested in art and he told me that if I were to do any work he would help me out. Uh, and so, at the time, it didn't seem like a proper opportunity um, because 
I felt like I wasn't ready for it. Right. I felt like uh, I was too young and there was a lot of money that I'm putting in to travel and other expenses, right? And so I felt I wasn't ready. And then I was like, this might be an opportunity that I'm going to miss out on, like heavily. What if this turns out to be really good? And so there was a restaurant and I was like, okay, this will be the, I guess I can call this a stepping stone or like a leap actually. Uh, and just try. Even if I don't make a lot from it, I'll still gain from the experience. Uh, and so just give it your best. And that's what I did. So I went and uh, I talked to this, uh, talked to the owner. He really of this restaurant. Of the restaurant. Okay. He really liked my previous work, and um, he gave me a lot of artistic freedom. And I need to specify it's an Indian restaurant. That's why I was able to get it on brown. And I know a lot about the cultural context, right. and and so the first painting that I did was a peacock. Uh, why I chose that was in Norway, in that uh, small town. Um, that's not something they would regularly see. That's right. not something they'd run into. If I did an artwork based on Norway. Then it would be yes, it would be a reflection of the town, but be a it would vanilla. Yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be this experience that I'm giving to to this restaurant, which is already different. It's an Indian restaurant, mm-hmm. right? And so I did that, and because I stood out, because my artwork really stood out, um, the people loved it, the owners loved it, the people that worked there loved it. Um, I I didn't just painted in the times that the restaurant wasn't running. I painted whenever I could. So people, customers would actually come in and talk to me about the artwork. And um, they would ask me questions. It's like, oh, is that an ostrich? And I'd have to explain, no, it's a peacock. It's, it's a beautiful bird from the eastern side of the world. Right. right? And, um, and it, it grew this interest in the community. So, after I finished and I came back, um, I got calls from my uncle saying how like there was a lot of people interested from, for your work. Um, they want portraits, things like that. But then they wanted specifically from you because of your style, of, of um, because you're brown, you reflect what they want. Right. Right. And the, the you know this um, this uh, appeal of something exotic. Yeah. Something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That really worked for me. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is an, an artist that's working in the very um, abstract forms or, or something you see at your local gallery. Right? He's doing something that we haven't seen before. So we want a bit of that. And so it really grew from there. And when the local newspaper did a review on the restaurant, they talked a bit about the artwork mm-hmm. and that really helped yeah a lot imagine. and uh, and so from then on I would take whichever commissions I can uh, because I was still I was still at school and I would finish um, as much as possible um, like I would tackle as much as possible um, I still had some flexibility with the time because I I kept on addressing repeatedly that I am a student, my time is very constrained, so 
I cannot finish works that are that you need really quickly. It, it would take time, and you need to allow me that flexibility in order to give you the best artwork that I can produce for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, with that flexibility, I was able to get more and more clients, got more and more people. Mm -hmm. That's how that. Yeah, I think that was something that's really good there that you did was the managing expectations, like telling the people that you can like finish on time because you're constrained. Oh yeah. You know, I think that's something that um, sometimes we overlook. Mm -hmm. um, we'd like to we'd like to promise uh, for a, a speedy piece of work or um, something well done in a timely manner, but that's not always the case and. Uh, Honesty is a good policy. Yeah, even for the mural, I um, the plan was to go uh, work throughout the week um, in a nice spaced schedule. But after I started working, everything changed because right. you, as you keep working, you realize how much time you have and how much you don't. Yeah. And and then eventually, I stayed up in the restaurant even after it closed, mm -hmm. and I was doing overnight. And it was it was really amazing for for the the owner and even the people that stay up the owner's friends mm -hmm. some people from the bar next door right um, it was amazing for them to be like sort of accept it wasn't like oh why is he still doing this or um, why is he taking so long it was like me being there was an experience for them as well it was mm -hmm. something different mm -hmm. and even to them I was saying like this is normal this is how art students work this is how artists that are in the profession will also work because it's, it's hard to tell it's, it's, a, it's a very it's a very different craft mm -hmm. and I kept on giving them information about how the process is it's like, right. uh, like sometimes I will have a creative block like a, an artist block mm -hmm. like sometimes I just can't work then I would need to take a break for three hours sometimes. Like, you know, just stop working, just stop randomly. And I had to explain to them, just make sure they know, so that they don't think of me as like, oh, he's just not doing the work, he's yeah. being lazy. Yeah. Right? That communication needed to be clear. Mm -hmm. And I made sure I did that every step of the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's all something that we can learn from. Um, things back to my experiences where I haven't done that. I should really do that. So uh, transitioning from from this, uh, next year uh, yourself and Natalie have uh, another student at OCAD have volunteered to uh, run the grind as me and Anna leave and, and go on and do thesis. Yeah. Um, do you have any like aspirations, plans, ambitions for it or? Yes, a lot actually. Um, one, I want to make the grind well known around the school. So mm -hmm. um, I need to work, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of public, public mm -hmm. relations. Um, totally agree. Yes. And uh, to the fine arts department. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, most of the people that are at the grind right now are in design Right. a lot of design courses it, it sort of makes sense to them on a fundamental level mm -hmm. because design is always associated with um, okay after I do this I'm going to get a job or I'm going to do freelance I'm going to yeah. work right? work for someone that's yeah. kind of like yeah. the, the cost of entry in the design faculty mm -hmm. 
what the fine arts department is lacking is that same mindset. Because you're not going to go into the workforce as this well-known artist that everyone would want to buy from or would like to hire or, or like want you to be a part of a show or like curate your work. Because it, even for you as an artist, you are still going to have to start small. You're still going to have to work to someone, work under someone. Right? Even if it's a, a gallery or, or a mentor or someone, right? I think that escapes some design students as well. Really? Yeah, I'd say so. Ah. I mean, I think we understand the cost of entry is that we'll be working for someone, mm -hmm. but everyone aspires uh, to be like, I'm going to work for like Coca-Cola or, you know, I'm going to do artwork for, you know, like right off the bat. And, and maybe it happens. Maybe it happens. It, I'm not, I'm it not does saying happen it can't. Too. Yeah. I'm not saying it can't. But I mean, like, there's, there's a lot to compete out with, like, out there, you know? Like, it yeah. takes time to build these things up. Small steps. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I want, one, I want to create a bit of, um, a bit of an understanding around that. It's like, yet yeah, you still need to start small, even if you're an artist. Uh, is not very far from the design faculties or, like, how their job opportunities work. And so I wanted to I want to bring them in for sessions that are based on art, on fine mm -hmm. art. Um, maybe speaker series from curators or um, gallery owners or um, more. I want art to be a part of this too. The, the finance department to be a part of this too. Mm -hmm. That that's what I that would be a goal. That'd be one of the two. Is there anything that you would want to say to... I don't know, anyone who's listening. Um, I, I, I don't know who the listeners are. If, if you want to drop a, a message or anything like that, send a message to me telling about who you are and, and why you're listening, that'd be fantastic. Um, uh, but I imagine most of them would be around our age, you know, in, in design or arts that are listening. Probably from OCAD. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's a few anchor listeners out there, uh, so for for them as well. What, what is there anything that you would want to say or yeah um, put into question? Okay. Um, first of all, thank you for listening. Um, Russell here does a lot of work. Uh, I've seen him work very hard with everything that he's taken up so far. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, you did win um, student leadership award, didn't you? Yes, yeah. yes I did actually. Yeah, that's... Like it takes a tremendous amount of effort to do that. So, yeah, um, it, it's really great. It's really great to sit down and and um, have a talk with you. Um, I think. Uh, the work that you're doing is very beneficial and I think for people that listen to the podcast it would be beneficial too because you, you would still learn uh, little little things from from the things that uh, we have discussed or from the things that other people have discussed in the previous podcast um, just keep working keep working hard be be tough at your at your field uh, try to Try to put your best work in, um, because that's the only way you know you know what rewards you're gonna run into. Um, you'd never want to graduate with regrets. It's like, oh, I wish I did uh, this. I wished 
I ran for this, I ran for the Senate, or I, I wished I took this course. Give it your all. You only have a short period of time to be a student. Mm -hmm. After that, you're gonna go head first into the workforce. So, with the, with the time you have here, give it your all, even if it gets hard, because it, it's short. It's short. And I would add on, really take advantage of your time as a student. I mean, um, from a certain perspective, you have a lot more, like, quote-unquote, free time. I know there's lots of assignments and things like that, but I mean, there's time in between that you can pursue other stuff. Um, I think that, I think the university holds more resources that will help you out than you know mm -hmm. and imagine. And it's totally up to you to, to go out there and grab them. Because I, I really think that they're there. Um, we actually, I, I joined, I don't know if you saw the posters on the fifth and sixth floor. Uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the studios, uh, the six floor ones by the elevator, but there was posters saying, what would you change about the design faculty? And oh, this yeah. kind of thing, you, you saw it, right? There's like six boxes mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And uh, that was run by, that was held by Student Union and they also ran a kind of like a, a short discussion, not a short discussion, a discussion about it um, on the fifth floor, uh, I think this past Tuesday or something like that, yeah, this past Tuesday. And um, it was very interesting to see what students like wanted. Yeah. Um, some of the requests were quite unreasonable and uh, fictitious, but uh, a lot of them were just misinformation. Uh, a lot of them, I knew the resources existed. Okay. You know, mm. at, at school. There was just misinformation, or they didn't know about it, or it's not advertised enough. But it's like it's there, you know. Like there's a lot of things here that are there for you that you can do. You know, uh, there were students who wanted to use the photo studio or some other studio, and they, you know, some of them you need a class to to yeah to get in. But there are additional workshops that you can take outside of class that allow you access to those studios. Um, another one, a lot of them. Uh, not to my surprise and not to my surprise as well where oh we'd like to have more people come in and talk about our industry and like talk about taxes and stuff like that and uh, so if you are listening anyone at OCAD if you're listening and you want more experiences with industry professionals please join the grind because my answer to student union at that meeting was the grind the mm -hmm. grind, the grind, to half <laughs> of those questions that were, hey, I'd like more information on uh, how do I do my taxes? I would like to hear more people talk about so-and-so in, in the industry, right? And my answer was, like, the grind does all of this stuff. Like, we're, we're so casual in our conversations there. If you want to get intimate and talk about how do you do X, Y, and Z with mm -hmm. one of the professionals, I think they'd be more than happy. And we've had, we've had um, not a lot, but artists come in, illustrators come in and talk about these things um, briefly. I mean, no one asked further, but I don't see why you couldn't, yeah. right? So so take advantage of these opportunities, Put, give it in your all, like Rashan said. And um, yeah, is, is uh, Rashan, just give everyone kind of a, a shout or an idea of what you're working on. This is your, this is your plug. Sorry? Your plug. This is your plug. So if you have something that you're working on that you want people to know about, okay. Um, hmm. uh, not much at the moment, but I I am working on a commission right now, which is 
Thank you.